And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, Season 2, Episode 18, overall episode number 72. The portion of the week is Mishpatim. Our topic this week, responsibility. This is a big topic, no question about it. And it's a topic that I think a lot of us often confuse between responsibility and accountability. The first episode of Coaching with the Bible dealt with accountability. We focused in on the accountability level of Adam and ultimately then also the accountability level of his son, Cain. In the episodes there, dealing with the eating of the fruit, the killing of uh, his brother, Abel, And here I want to focus this week on the concept that I think is different, which is responsibility. And to come off in the following way, much of what's going on in the reading this week in the Torah and the Bible is very much inside what we might call inside baseball, inside a lot of detailed scenarios and situations of rule and law that are damage-related. If X, then Y. We have a situation, then a ruling. And it deals with all kinds of scenarios that could come up in the course of life. Effectively, this is sort of describing society, the rule of law. And I think at some level, then, responsibility. And the question that sort of percolates in my mind about it is really the notion as to To what end am I responsible for things in the world? Where does my responsibility end? Is there a point where I can see the the line where it's my responsibility and then it's no longer my responsibility after that point? It's sort of, you know, when you look at the timeline of, of events, so perhaps I'm able to see where I acted and where I had impact and then to see where, okay, this is where it ends, and then beyond that, everything after that is not me. And wondering whether or not that's actually true or possible. Or is it really that at every single point, I'm sort of always responsible for certain things, and to differentiate between being responsible and then also being held accountable. And so let's distinguish between those two things right here, right now, because I think that's really important. The way I like to sort of explain the difference, because I think a lot of people do confuse them, and when we confuse language and we're not precise with the language, so then it's very hard to establish whatever you want to call it, to establish the rules, to establish the expectation level, to establish consequence, to establish reward, because we're really not, we're sort of blurred uh, in the language, and therefore we can't get it straight. So I like to think of as follows. I am responsible for, and I'm accountable to. Those are not the same thing. So responsibility, typically speaking, is referring to the obligation to perform the task or comply with rules. Accountability is more about answerability for outcome. Responsibility, more often than not, is imposed whereas accountability is accepted. There's a lot of differentiation, and, and, and admittedly, for a lot of us, this is very minute, and who cares what the difference is? But I think there's an important distinction that's going on here, 
with respect to in the workplace, in the home, and sort of understanding how that is. So there is a difference between accountability and responsibility. One might look at accountability as the bigger of the two or the wider or the the larger ethic and value and my responsibility level then rises because I'm holding myself to a higher level of accountability. That certainly is true. But it is important to sort of think about inside the scenario, inside the project as to responsibility levels as well. And so the Bible details all kinds of scenarios in this week's reading. And so the one I wanted to focus in on, which is the one I think that expands it the most, is the idea that when in chapter 22 and 5, it talks about setting fire. And the fire that is set is set in one's own property and then has impact in another person's property. That's the scenario here. This really could be all kinds of situations that come up. The question is, how far does my responsibility go with vis-a-vis my action? What am I then ultimately going to be held accountable to? Or what's the level of law that I'm, I'm accountable to? And what do I owe explanation to for, right, in that space? And so we have this large conversation in the Talmud, in Tractate Baba Kama, has a really, I think, interesting attempt at delineation and differentiation between different ways of understanding why it is that I might be responsible for that fire. So what happens? I set a fire in my place. It catches onto, let's say, a bush or some thorns. It carries over into someone else's property and causes damage in someone else's property. That's the essence, right? So the Bible tells us that you, the person who set the fire, are obligated. The Talmud is then wondering, fundamentally speaking, what's the reason, what's the fundamental rule as to why it is that I am obligated in that, that I'm held responsible in that situation? So it differentiates between the possibility that we view it as a person who's causing damage, or do we view it as my my own sort of property which is causing damage? So if it's me causing damage, it's almost as if I took the arrow or I took, you know, the match and I lit it inside the person's property. If it's my property that caused the damage, so let's say it's my animal, let's say it's my car, uh, whatever it is. And so I have a different level of culpability. I'm still culpable, but it's a different level of culpability when it is that it's my dog or my ox, as it is the case potentially uh, in, the, in the Bible, right? So in those situations, I have a responsibility level, but it's different. It's a slightly lower responsibility level because it's not necessarily my hand that's doing it. It's my property that's causing the damage. So in either case, I'm responsible. It's just a question of how far we take my level of responsibility in that situation. And to me, it's fascinating as in, in the, the larger ramifications of that scenario, which are beyond the scope of coaching with the Bible, but worthy about thinking about is how far does it go with my responsibility level? If I borrow an item from somebody, if I am responsible for watching someone else's property, what's the level that the law, that the Bible 
of responsibility that I have in those situations? It's a big question. And it comes out from there, from the Bible, into general life as to my own personal standard of responsibility. How do I do that? Where do I do that? What is it? How does that work? And you can sort of take it all the way to the end, that I'm always responsible. That once I set something in motion, I'm always responsible. Or to flip it a little bit and say that when I do work, I'm always going to be responsible for it. As I said earlier, that's not the bigger ethic, the, the bigger value, because I think potentially accountability is much more, is much broader, much wider, much higher in the sense that it's what happens when it doesn't work? What happens when a project fails? What happens when a client is unhappy? What happens when the bills don't get paid at home? So it's my responsibility to pay the bills. It's my responsibility to make sure that the project or the tasks in the project get done. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm the one accountable for that. Right? It could be that it's bigger. So if I'm the boss, effectively I'm always responsible. And then maybe I'm accountable to somebody beyond me. Maybe there's another boss, there's a partner, whatever that is. But if it's me saying it's not my fault, it could be, it could be that it isn't my fault. That doesn't mean that I'm not responsible. It doesn't mean that I ultimately won't be held accountable for it. So here's an example from uh, 2001. It was the famous Enron scandal in 2001. So Kenneth Lay was the CEO at the, com- at, the, at the time. He was indicted. And when his defense was presented that he could, he could be accountable as the CEO of the company, even if a conspiracy was going on, right? So if there were sellers or rogue executives or the media had some sort of an ax to grind with Enron, so he might be, there might be a way to hold him accountable for that because he's the CEO and by title, He is accountable for it, but he wasn't responsible for the ask, the acts, the acts, excuse me, the acts that were going on of fraud and conspiracy in the company. You can make that claim. He was found guilty, and so he was held responsible too for what it was that was done and therefore accountable for a certain level. If we're always saying that it's not my fault, it's not my fault, it's blaming here, blaming there, blaming everywhere. So a couple of things. One, as a leader, if that's our approach, then the likelihood of us lasting very long is very, very small. But I would take it even further, which is the idea here that um, if it's always someone else's fault, it's probably my fault. I want to just sort of put that out there, meaning to say that I am, as, as the boss or the leader on a project, right, the person who is... Um, who's putting it out there every single day. So it's always someone else's fault. If I'm always able to find blame for somebody else, it's probably my fault. I am ultimately responsible, and then therefore I will be held accountable to whatever it is. Accountability is sort of the measuring stick ultimately after a project is completed. It is that which we look at 
to set the standard for how we're going to value, measure what was accomplished. So when I'm looking at accountability levels, I might step up in a situation where things aren't going well, even though I'm not responsible, quote unquote, for the tasks involved. So let's say I have a, a work project that's going poorly, a campaign, uh, a sales uh, goal. It's not going well. So I could say, look, I'm not responsible to hit that goal because, you know, they that team has to, you know, make the call, do the outreach, raise the money, make the sales, get the project done. That may be true. But because I'm an accountable person on the higher end of that, I might jump in and take on resp additional responsibilities, become responsible for more tasks, more work, more outcomes, because I'm a highly accountable kind of a person. And so it's important that we sort of look at these things and think about these things. And so when these situations come up, we think about ourselves in these roles, and we think about what it is that we can and cannot do or what we are responsible for and accountable to. It's something that we have to think about all the time. If we're not responsible people, we're not going to succeed. People who are not responsible, so they're not present they're not good in their relationships. They lack, they lack respect. They lose respect. They lack trust. They lose trust. Really, everything that goes on around them. It's impossible. It's impossible for a situation to arise, I think, if you're going to be a responsible leader, responsible boss, responsible CEO, that you're going to look to yourself to hold yourself to a very high standard, ultimately, of accountability to let things fall, to look at your team when your team is crumbling, to look at your team when your team is tired, to look at your team after a brutal quarter or a brutal year or a brutal two years and sort of, you know, walk off into the distance and stay quiet and not say anything and not be available to be responsible for the things that need to get done when someone else can't do it. Doesn't make any sense. The Bible seems to imply beyond the cases and scenario that we brought earlier, but from other situations in the Bible, take Judah earlier in the book of Genesis, when either it is that he's admitting guilt to what he did wrong with Tamar, or what it is that he uh, is trying to accomplish in saving his brother Benjamin, or in the moment when he tried to stop what was to happen to Joseph, he's being responsible. And then ultimately he's held accountable, but he is being responsible. This is how we look at things. The commentaries tell us one of the reasons why Judah ultimately merits getting the kingdom to be part of his tribe is his level of responsibility in situations where perhaps he doesn't have to be responsible. Moses, at the beginning of the book of Exodus, when he has those moments of early leadership, is taking responsibility in situations where he either has no need to, or he maybe even thinks, according to others, has no right to. Hitting the Egyptian, breaking up the fight, stepping in for the daughters of Jethro. And so we have to appreciate the sense that when the Bible talks about responsibility, 
The Bible sets a very high bar for responsibility and a very far bar for responsibility with respect to how far it goes and what it is that I am responsible for when it comes to my actions, my work, my product, my results, whatever that may be. And so to become a more responsible person, which is really what we're looking at here, and to teach the ethic and value of responsibility to our children, to our teams, to whoever, to ourselves, we got to get better. And so people who are responsible individuals across the board, what are the habits of responsible people? So they don't make excuses. They're organized. They're in control. They don't complain, right? These are things that we know about. I think the biggest thing here is the idea that if this is under my space, this is something that I have to get done, then my level of responsibility for the completion of that project needs to be A1, 100%. And I have to look to figure out ways to put myself in a position to succeed. That's not just not making excuses. That's putting habits in place that help me succeed. That is putting deadlines in place that gets me there. That is making sure that I have the resources I need for the things that I am responsible for. And then ultimately for the people that I'm accountable to. See how that progresses. And so when we want to think about responsibility, we want to think about all those different things. And we want to put ourselves in a position to be the person who everyone thinks always is the person who is responsible, is the person who is always accomplishing, is the person who is always ready and able to be there and to step into that space where I need to be, that I can be reliable on a team with other people. Because ultimately what happens with respect to responsibility is that things then get better for us. Opportunities present themselves to us by virtue of the fact that we hold ourselves to very high standard of responsibility. And then ultimately you have the greater opportunity for success and accomplishment in life. Being responsible means that you find the way. Being irresponsible means you make excuses. Being responsible is what it takes to get to the space of freedom. The ability to become great comes through the ability to be responsible. And here's the quote to finish it out for this week. It's only when, it's only when you take responsibility, I'm sorry, I lost the quote for a second there. It's only when you take responsibility for your life that you discover how powerful you truly are. That is Coaching with the Bible for this week. Look forward to seeing you next week.